everyone. Welcome out to episode 99 of a Nerd Name Mark podcast. That's right, one episode away from 100. On top of that, 2021's over, and we are about to jumpstart 2022. So obviously, I'm going to talk about all my favorite nerdy things of the last year. All the comics I enjoyed, games, movies, TV show, anime, some of my favorite collectibles I've gotten, and just not just like specific things like ranking. There will be no like top 10, top 5 crap like that. I'm just going to talk about all the enjoyable things, and I will mention a few things that I didn't like as well, um, but I just want to rank things and list things because that's, I find that personally boring. I never liked when people do the stereotypical, here's my top 10 movies, here's my top 10 video games, here's the 10 worst movies I saw, or the 10 overhyped games that I played that let me down. Like, I never enjoyed, from a consumer of content standpoint, I don't find those enjoyable to watch or listen to. Um, If it's kind of like a roundtable discussion type, and they're just talking about some of their favorite things, yeah, I like that. But from a listing standpoint, just they never appealed to me because everyone does it, and I just gravitate towards like if I'm gonna create content, it's gonna be content I like, and I like it when people just talk about their favorite things or their least favorite things. I don't like it, doesn't need to be structured and ranked and like dragged out. I find it boring and after seeing or listening to a few content creators who do that stuff, it's kind of like, all right, everyone's using this cookie cutter formula right now. I, that's the one thing I've always tried to shy away from is like the cookie, like the cookie cutter formula, the mundane, the just dialing it in and just, you know, and I'm guilty of that. I went over this earlier in the 2021 towards the end of 2020. I did a whole podcast talking about how, you know, in the peak of 2020 with being, you know, stuck indoors and quarantine and depression, I, you could tell from a quality content, like for me, you could even tell it my voice. I just was making episodes just to make them just to keep up the analytics. And I wasn't putting any effort into it. I was just autopilot and I hated that. And ever since I, you know, snapped out of it, that's the easy way to put it. Just saying I snapped out of it. It wasn't, it was a long drawn out process, which I talked about. Um, I decided, you know what, ditch this formula, ditch this overly structured thing. Like, yes, I have my segments, I but that's different. I don't go through, I don't, I got rid of doing the Google Docs for each episode and breaking down talking points and going through. I ditched that. It felt robotic and disingenuous. And going into 2022, I'm going to continue to just free flow and just talk about nerdy shit. So that's this whole episode. There's, you know, not going to, you know, no list, nothing like that. Um, everything will be in sections, though. So if I'm talking about games, I'll talk about games and this and that. But no, I'm not going to be like, here's game number five, blah. Um, but yeah, it, it was, I consider 2021, basically 2020 was service pack one. Um XP style, Windows XP style, Service Pack 1, this was Service Pack 1. 2022, Service Pack 2, because um, my political, personal, religious, all these opinions aside, eh, this has been a rough two years. I mean, here in San Diego, we got the mask mandate again. It started like December, I think 15th, goes until January 15th. Um, obviously, a lot of people don't care. 
Um, you know, I'm getting the boostinizer soon. Um, my thoughts and everything else on the vaccine aside, um, my main motivating factor is my family. I live 3,000 miles away from my family. I have not seen them since 2019 um, in September. I did a whole podcast about that because that's when I discovered my mom had a secret comic book collection that I did not know about, which she gave me some of, did not give me the whole thing. I'm, I'm, it's, it's been, it's been over two years. I'm still salty about it. I want some of those because those are all like mint, like, oh, she almost has a complete run from 1961 to 1964 of Archie comics, not just Archie, but like Betty Veronica, Sabrina, like. Uh, she has some Casper ones, and she had those when she was a little kid. And I was just like, wow. Like, one of my goals this year is when I'm back on the East Coast visiting family, I'm going to have my mom on the podcast for an episode. It's like her knowledge and her nerdy fandomness is so specific, it's insane. Because it's like Archie Comics, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Star Trek, Star Wars, and like Harry Potter and stuff like that. So like she's got her little fandoms that she is just enamored with. And I'm just like, you know what? I got it. That, that's that been my plan. But because my mom is technologically, um, she struggles with technology. So having via Zoom or Zencaster will not work. It would have to be in person. Plus it would be nice to see my mom. So when I'm back on the East Coast, that's going to happen. That's one of my big plans for 2022. And while I have some other guests in the works for episodes, I think having my mom on the podcast would probably be like the biggest guest for me personally, like accomplishment wise, like to have my mom on the podcast. Cause yeah, it, and you kind of see the dynamic of where I get my humor, my sarcasm, my douchey tendencies. Cause me and my mom have very similar personalities. Um, but yeah, that's down the road. Um, so yeah, like I said, like, you know, but so with the mass media, that's not like I'm doing all this stuff. One, it's it's a thing. It's happening. Let's face it. It's it, it's not new by now. So I'm not going to be that guy who's going to preach and tell you go out with your mask on, you know, go get vaccinated. At the end of the day, you're all adults. You make your own decision. I'm not anyone's parent except for the kitten over there. Um, so it's not my place to be a dick to people. Um, my opinion of you might change depending on where, what you, you're, what you're doing, but like at the end of the day, it's everyone's choice. So now I'm going to get off my soapbox because 2021 had a lot of cool shit, a lot of cool shit. And for me personally, the last two years, like I started the podcast in 2019, um, in July, uh, the week of San Diego Comic-Con. And because my first two episodes were basically going over all the collectibles, everything, all the exclusives for San Diego Comic-Con and how my wallet was going to be greatly affected. And so the last two years, no conventions. Um, it's been tough, especially last year. Last 2021, it, this year was very rough because it's like... A second year, no conventions. I'm a homebody. I go to work. You know, I'll, we'll go shopping, go to the beach, go to the movies, do fun stuff like that. But, like, from a traveling standpoint and doing anything, like, drastic, I'm a convention person. That's it. I love my conventions. And it's not even, like, between the exclusives. 
I don't go there to be like, oh my God, I can't wait to get all these signatures and these photo ops. I go because I'm like, I can't wait to like mingle, meet my friends who I haven't, who I haven't seen since the last convention because they don't live in the same city or state. I'm looking forward to like just checking out comics, panels, what's down the pipeline, like all the stuff. Like it, for me, it's like a social gathering. It's not just merch, 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 merch. Now, mind you, I am merch machine Mark over here. Okay. So obviously merch is still a big deal, but not having any conventions in 2021 was just, and there were some, but it was like between work and this and that, like I wasn't going to drive up to LA. Um, the Comic-Con at home, like special edition they did was Thanksgiving weekend. One, I had work and two, I didn't want to go all the way down there. I really didn't. I mean, it did for one day, but like, you know what I mean? Like there, there was, it, but it wasn't the same. It didn't feel the same. The vibes were off. It wasn't, it didn't feel like a convention. It didn't feel like San Diego Comic-Con International. It didn't feel the grandioso of it was not there. So that was like my biggest letdown of 2021 besides not seeing my family was no conventions. Now, mind you, there were some in Texas, Florida, this and that, San Diego. Yes, I could have made it to Texas, but work and everything else. It's like, man, I didn't work nearly all of 2020. I started work again in January 2021. I need to offset a lot of money because let's face it, all of us who got like unemployment and this and that, it was not a one-to-one equal to what I was making. So I was in a deficit. I've been crawling out of the hole. I'm finally out of the hole, but like that was not, it's my own fault though. A lot of merch came out, which I'm going to go over. So because that down, no conventions, but man, by not having any conventions, um, you know, I found new outlets. You know, one of my favorite things of 2021 that I did was I finally stuck to my guns with the YouTube channel. Um, I set the goal of I want to hit 200 subscribers by the end of the year. I feel like that was like a rational because I use Social Blade a lot for analytics of just like podcast Twitter feeds and like social media. I always, I always use Social Blade to see a breakdown of the analytics, but also to see future casting. Like, so it'd be like, oh, if at the rate you're going in the growth percentage, this is what you're going to reach like in two months, six months, a year, a year and a half. So I went based off of that and I was like, you know what, realistically, I'm going to, I'm going to aim for 200 subscribers on YouTube by the end of the year, by December 31st. And on December 31st, I just checked 311 subscribers. So I beat my goal by 111, which makes me feel amazing. And I think everyone who's been checking out from a podcast standpoint, I was like, I want to see at least, and I'm always realistic. Like the pandemic, a lot of podcasts came out during the pandemic, but a lot of people, once they returned to work, they stopped doing their podcast. And it's kind of funny because a lot of people are like, oh, you started a podcast in the pandemic. It's like, no, I started in 2019 in like the summer right in July, like the first week of July, I, I didn't start a pandemic podcast. I already had it. It's just my numbers went up in the beginning and then they kind of faltered. But this last year, my main goal was, okay, I want to, I want to get my, my, my listenership up at least like 80 to 90%. Like I want to almost double my listenership. And I want, from a subscription standpoint or following standpoint, I want to get at least, you know, a good portion because I have a lot of listeners that aren't subscribed to it. And I was looking at the stats and I was like, okay, my following for the podcast, like on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Senate went up 240%. I was like, oof, nice. 
and my listenership went up 180%. So I was like, well, I almost, I more than doubled, I almost tripled my listenership. And I always check the analytics for the episodes. I always ask for feedback too. I get a lot of feedback in the email. I know I haven't been plugging the email, but the email is always in the description of the podcast. I do get a lot of feedback. When I was heavily talking about specific games I was playing and this and that, a lot of people were like, hey, I play this too. Um, You want to help me run some stuff? And like when Diablo 3 on the Switch, when I was really balls deep in that one uh, in 2020, a lot of people were hitting me up. Hey, I'm trying to run, you know, this on this difficulty and I'm trying to clear this. Like, can you help me? What's your Paragon level? And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, let's let's link up. Let's play some Switch. I got a Discord. We can do voice chat in there if you want. I got you. And that's kind of like the cool, you know, thing about that is like, yeah, I interacted with a lot of people. I still get a lot of feedback. Like when I wasn't doing episodes for a couple of weeks, I was sick and busy and this and that. Like people were reaching out like, hey, how you feel? So how you feeling? Everything good? So and these are strangers. These aren't like my friends reaching out. These are people I don't know personally, like on a first name basis or they're not saved in my phone. Like, and that was one other highlight of 2021 was the listenership and people actually like reaching out talking to me like that was like such a cool feeling like it's like oh cool like i'm not i'm not big on the internet i'm not popular i think my my twitter account i think i have like almost 800 followers and my nerd name mark podcast twitter feeds like a little bit over 100 but then again i i've been really bad at like using the twitter for the podcast for what it's supposed to be i've been like using a lot of toku stuff on there and youtube stuff and interacting with people instead of using my main account got to get that under control next year this well 2022 um what else so that's really from like a content standpoint i mean the youtube channel the podcast like i've already got my big google doc done ready to go i started i started it in november breaking down kind of like a a content roadmap of what i want to do next in 2022 how i want like content wise this and that so i do have a podcast episode that i'm actually doing after this one that will be going live a week later going over everything that's coming in 2022 for me for content obviously Doing the podcast video versions on YouTube has been great. Um, you know, obviously, like, everyone's like, well, you only get, like, barely double-digit listens. I'm like, hey, and views. I'm like, hey, that's 11 or 12 more people listening or watching my show that haven't. I'm not a number whore. Like, I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, man, only 12. What am I doing wrong? Why? I'm like, no. There's an algorithm to it. And obviously, with the way YouTube works, the more subscribers you have, the more likes you have, and this and that, the more you're going to show up in other feeds. It's kind of like once you get over the hump of getting past like three to 400 subscribers, you kind of gain subscribers a little quicker. It's literally that first couple hundred that are going to be like really difficult, but it's like I don't really spam my content I out there to get like views and like subscribers. I like organic growth. I've always been, fun fact, I have an IT degree. I specialized in hardware and network security, so like in servers, so like a system administrator, server administrator. But I also learned graphic designing and a lot of data management. So I used to be a data a data analyst back after my internship. Um, I went to an externship, and the externship actually hired me. And I was a data analyst for a good year. And it was basically a lot of statistics and this and that because I'm a statistician. I love numbers. I love numbers so much. I'm I'm a math nerd, hundred percent. So 
I know how to read like data, statistics, forecasting, like this and that. So I was like, you know, it's not, I don't really, you know, have an issue with where things are. Like I said, like looking at everything, it's like once you get past those first couple hundred, the increased chance and how the algorithm works, like it's, it, 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 it doesn't come easier, but it makes your, it, it helps the algorithm in your favor when you have a good amount of subscribers. Um, like, but I'm never going to chastise networking. Networking is always a good thing. Like I did a lot of networking in 2021, um, made a lot of good friends. Um, and one of the last things from a personal content standpoint, one of my favorite things was I got to collaborate with Pronghorn Heroes, P and Gem. And for their Heroes Homemade, which is, um, you know, a tokusatsu-themed cooking, uh, not, I guess, show, we could call it. And I got to collaborate with them. It was really cool. Made Korean hot dogs, which we would call Korean, like, corn dogs here. And as a fan of that type of food, I was so excited. And I even said in the tweet, one of my favorite moments of the year was getting to do that collaboration. I don't, outside of, like, Chris and Daryl, my friends that I've known for years... I haven't really just collaborated and reached out to other content creators. So this is my first time in a long time, at least maybe eight or nine years that I've actually collaborated with someone that wasn't a personal friend that I've known for years. So that was really exciting. One of the highlights of my year. So that's all the non-materialistic stuff I enjoyed of 2021. Comics. Mm. This was... So this was like a big but not big year for comics. Like it was a big year for comics because of like a lot of stuff we got, like new IPs. But at the same time, there were so many changes. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go down the rabbit hole of things that were done and things that are going into 2022 that I think are just like why? Why are we changing things around? Why are we changing origins and characters of established ones? But I've also learned from my mistakes with the Miles Morales situation that Miles Morales is a good comic book, good Spider-Man. Um, so from a new IPs, there's two main IPs that started this year that I think are just so damn good. Obviously, Tiny Kate's crossover. Like, if you haven't read that, that is, that is a top-tier comic. And... I'm digging all these new IPs because I'm like, you've seen my pull list. I stopped pulling 90% of DC stuff. Marvel, I'm selective. I'm pulling based on the writer. Like I'm still pulling Miles Morales, Spider-Man. I just, I gave Thor a chance after Donnie Cates left. Wasn't feeling it. Uh, same with X-Men when Hickman left. I was like, all right, not really feeling the direction. Eh. I did just start reading because there are two issues in. Uh, Donny Cates is writing Hulk, so I'm going to have a video separate going over and reviewing that. Um, but yeah, crossover Donny Cates, go check that out. That is so good. And then also, I have been on the high horse of something that's killing the children. We have the House of Slaughter spinoff that started in 2021 also. I think that one's only three issues in, um, so there's still time to go out and get it. You won't regret it. Um, it's it's really good. It's still sent the same you know universe. But then one of the big ones, one of the ones that caught me off guard, because this is a writer who I have never had anything negative to say about. I would have to like 
manufacture negativity to say about him. It's Kyle Higgins, right? Because he, he gave us Radiant Black. And as you know, he wrote Ultraman, Mighty Morphin, Power Rangers, and you know, the Shattered Grid arc. He gave us Draken. Um, some may say that's a bad thing because Draken is everywhere, but the quality, the care, the detail, like I'm just going to start a Kyle Higgins podcast where I just talk about Kyle Higgins every week. And I'm just like, okay, like go, like it's going to happen. Like I should just make that podcast because he's just radiant black is so good. The, the Ultraman rise of Ultraman trials of Ultraman. Great comics. Like, uh, there's so like. The Radiant Black, especially going into 2022 with uh, the Radiant Red, Ryan Parrott's coming over to write with it too. So we're getting we're getting what I call the Toku Comic Dream Team back together because they made magic with Power Rangers when they were working together. So I'm so excited for them to work together again. But yeah, Radiant Black, I think it's just so good. Um, I'm trying to think of like other. There's so many comics. Like I'm still mad. Like. The last Ronan, Ronan, I know the first issue came out in 2020, but a majority of them came out in 2021. That was so good. Eastman coming back with this freaking five-book arc. Uh, it's been really good. I just, it's, yeah. There's, it. I'm not a big Turtles comic fan. Um, when I was a kid, I used to get the Digest books. But this, The Last Ronan, it's a must-read. It is gonna go down as one of the iconic and pivotal uh tmnt stories ever told um i put it up there with uh the three jokers which was easily one of my favorite you know three issue runs that i got you know i oh you know you've seen that you've, you've listened to the podcast you've seen the social media posts i mean i got almost every variant for the three jokers some of the one in one hundreds, one in twenty fives, one fifties. I got being the Barnes and Noble exclusive hardcover one because that was needed. But for comics, because like this year for comics was weird for me because I cut back on so many. I mean, if you look, if you go back and listen to like the beginning of the year when I was just like, oh yeah, this is my pull list, this and that, and then you hear in the summer when I'm like I'm cutting back on my pull list, then in the fall when I'm cutting back on my pull list even more, like I have drastically cut my pull list like a lot and another honorable mention because it's still a long-running comic but Mighty Morphin and Power Rangers now that they're two separate comics I will say it has been really good very unique Ryan Parrott has been very is telling a very unique story with Altarian War going into lore of Zordons that stuff like that which I never knew I wanted to read about until it was happening. And I know a lot of people are polarizing on their opinion of it. Um, but I will say from a standpoint of just like going out on a limb, giving us something that like is so not I don't, when I say out there, I don't mean out there in like the the negative connotation. I mean, it's out there in the fact that like who would have thought this is what we would have got in a Power Reader comic book, you know, and it's really good. Um, I have a lot of friends who stopped pulling Power Rangers and Mighty Morphin, and they're just waiting for the trades to come out. And I get it. There's nothing wrong with waiting for trades. Okay. They save space. Even I now with my cutting back on my DC and Marvel stuff, I'm getting a lot of DC and Marvel trades. Most of my dark horse and image stuff I'm getting now are trades. You know, I, so I can't fault 
anyone from wanting to just get trades and not reading the comics every week or every the monthly ones and the snap. Like if you're me, you got comics coming every week, but you know, it happens. So I can't fault anyone for wanting to get just trades. Uh, eventually down the road, I'm probably going to be strictly trades. Um, it's one space saving. That's the, that would be like my main, um, the deciding factor is to save space is why I would get trades. Um, cause I, I'm drastically running out. Like I filled this year alone. I filled mm, four short boxes with comics and that's even with cutting back my trades, but going back and buying back issues, trying to complete runs. Um, and I did sell a couple complete like run, like good runs because you know, money, I like money. I've been buying a lot of merch so i needed to sell some stuff to make space and also just because every once in a while i'm just like i'm in the mood i'm like yeah i want to get let's give her some stuff you know like give it a new home someone who else will either want to collect it or appreciate it but that's that's it for comic book stuff you know it's been just a weird year for me with comics because the last time i felt like this with my comic book collecting was oh four oh five and that's around the time I actually stopped, like, collecting. I was only getting, like, graphic novels and trades. Um, I got in this weird thing where I was, like, I was tired of, you know, a lot of stuff coming out. Um, it was almost like, I, reading the comic, I was like, I could honestly wait until this run is done and just get a graphic novel for it. I really don't want to read this every month. Like, eh, it's kind of slow, kind of boring. A lot of filler. So... That was, you know, 15, 16 years ago, and I was like, yeah, I'm done. I'm just not going to collect comics for a while. And I didn't get back into comics from a week, like a pull list, and that's not until actually Power Rangers Issue Zero dropped. Actually, no, I lied. It was around uh, Avengers vs. X-Men was coming around, and that's what kind of got me back in a little bit. And then Power Rangers starting up got into that, and then it was just kind of like chipping away, and then next, you know, I have this huge pull list, and I'm spending you know over two three hundred dollars a month on comics so 2021 though was like the like, it was tough for comics because like i found these new ips that were good a lot of my established ones i was reading weren't good like i haven't really been caring about green lantern which anyone who knows that's like a big thing for me to say i mean i have two green lantern tattoos and my favorite dc hero um and it's just yeah i think for me after New 52s and some of the other stuff, like, that's... And then they tried to do the Rebirth stuff. That's what kind of got me with, like, okay, I'm kind of tired of Green Lantern now. Oh, but, yeah, that's all the comic stuff I wanted to talk about for the year. Just, you know, mainly, like, honestly, Crossover, Rain, and Black were, like, my top two new IPs. They were so good. I'm actually curious because, like, I read the first issue of Thor. I have the... Or not Thor, Hulk. I have the second issue i need to read that and check that out i'm curious how how that turns out now um i don't want to talk about video games yet um i mean i could but i want to talk about like just from a collectible standpoint because um if anyone sees my older social media posts and it's not the last year um my collection my displays and everything have drastically increased um i was always big on collecting a lot of stuff but leaving them you know in the closet and boxes, storage, and 
being stuck at home in 2020 kind of gave me this whole like, well, maybe I should start like organizing my shit. Maybe I should start putting some, get some bookshelves. You know, I have all the stuff in the closet, just getting dusty. Like, why am I buying stuff if I'm not going to have it on display to enjoy it? In 2021, there's a lot of good collectibles. Like, one of my favorite things of the year is I actually almost completed my NECA Toonie Terrors. One of my older videos on this channel, on the YouTube channel, was going over, like, my Toonie Terrors when I was, like, I had a big haul. I found, like, six or seven of them, and I was, like, really excited. Now, I have all of them but two. I am missing the Nun regular, because I found a Chase, and the Chase is a, a funny story. So I was at the comic book shop um, before Christmas, doing some Christmas shopping for myself, and I saw they had Toonie Tanners behind the TCG area on the shelf of, like, inbox collectibles. And they had a whole bunch of them, all these different ones. And there was just one nun there. And I was like, oh, that's $14.99. MSRP is $12.99. I was like, am I going to lose my shit over a $2 increase? No. And I was like, I'll get it. And I bought it. I didn't realize that the Chase doesn't have a sticker on it to say it's a chase now i've seen it before and i and i even said in my video i regret not getting it because i was at a target in point loma area of san diego and they had the the regular nun and they had another nun that said glow in the dark had a glow in the dark sticker on it and i was like any images i've seen online none of them have had a glow in the dark sticker on them so i thought that was weird and i didn't get them i should have and so now fast forward and I get this nun. I'm like, well, okay. now after this, I just need a chase for the nun. And then I need leather face in the loot crate edition leather face. That's all I need. Three of them done. So I get home and, you know, it's this daytime. Get done. Lights are on this and that. Getting ready for bed. Turn off the lights in the computer area. Now, mind you, I'm glad I didn't open it. I didn't open it. I had like wave five and six unopened because I needed shelf space. So I, you know, eh, start turning off the lights and I notice this weird glowing coming from the corner of my desk. And I'm like, what the hell? Go over, the nun is glowing a little bit. And I'm like, no. Did I just, because the, if you were specifically hunting on this nun, you're going to spend minimum 170 up to $200 for it. So the fact that I found a chase variant of the nun for $14.99 that was my, like, grail of the year find. But I did find other chases. <laughs> if you want me on social media or any other video toy hauls, I actually found in from the AEW uh, toy line, I had a Cody chase that I found randomly at a Target. And it was, like, one of a thousand. And I was like, all right, I found a Cody chase. Now, I don't collect wrestling figures. So I'm going to tell you this right now. I sold it. I sold it with the regular Cody because I bought the regular Cody with it. I sold it only because out of all my collecting, I can't get into wrestling figures. I don't know why. I think it's because of how often like their 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 ring attire will change, or someone will get low, let go from a company, or this and that. Like I just I never been a big fan. The only wrestling figure I have now is this. I think it's an elite. It was like $30. It was The Fiend. It came with like the belt and this and that. I still have it in the box. I want to put it on display eventually. But I'm a huge wrestling fan. I just think from a collecting standpoint, the, the figures haven't 
like they never like when i was a kid i had like a whole bunch i still guess i'll have them in a box back home in storage i have a whole bunch of ljns i'm at that age where i was around for ljns uh, i had those are the ones that don't pose they're like being kind of like a weird harder like rubber soft plastic like i have a whole bunch of those back home i'm pretty sure they're worth something i'll probably sell them honestly i'm not gonna lie to you because i don't i just don't dabble in wrestling figures and collecting I would rather get like title belts. I have a few shirts and stuff like that that I use for like the gym and stuff like that. But I, from a wrestling merch standpoint, not really a wrestling merch guy, you know? I have all the old school DVDs and VHSs for like pay per views and stuff like that that I would get when I used to work at um, a, a store that sold them and I had a discount. But other than that, like, there's like. If you watch any of my toy haul videos on YouTube, for those of you who are listening or those of you who are watching on YouTube, I really got to expand my tokusatsu love. And it was mainly because of companies like Mill Creek teaming up with Subaraya and giving us all these Ultraman and Subaraya properties on Blu-ray and DVD with subtitles released here in the States so they weren't overpriced. And I was able to just... I have everything they've released so far. Every single Blu-ray and DVD. Because some of them are only released on DVD. Um, I've watched a majority of them. I'm a huge Ultraman fan. And then one of my favorite things, which was my one of my Christmas presents, is this Ultraman statue that, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. And it lights up, which is really cool. This is one of my favorite um, things in my Ultraman collection now. Um... Because I also have a lot of the SH figures from Bandai. Um, I have up to date all 15 volumes of the manga for Ultraman. Ultraman, like, Ultraman and Kamen Rider really took up a lot of my my money this year. And I don't want to make it seem like I spent a shit ton. Um, I, I have some videos where I go over, like, what I bought and everything like that. So... It's just from a collectible standpoint, I've gotten into a lot more model kits. That's the main thing too. Gunpla, Minipla, Sotos, and Yudos, which are all different types of like basically model kits. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see right behind me, I just finished my last piece of 2021. Although technically speaking, I finished it today, which is the first. So technically this is the first one I finished of 2022. Um, and it was all thanks to uh, Bandai Hobby USA. They did a pop-up store here in San Diego. It started around the second week of November, and it ended on the 31st of December. So, obviously, I was there yesterday, and I bought... Let's see. Oh, my foot fell asleep. I bought my last big purchase of 2021 is this nice Penelope clear color. With the limited edition Mobile Gundam Hathaway movie uh, special package. This is so cool. I love that. Like, this is going to be big. And it's going to be clear. So, that is one of uh, one of my last purchases of the year. Uh, getting back into Gunpla has been just so much fun. I missed it. I used to build so many Gundam kits when I was a kid. And even in my teenage years, that was like... I've always been very outspoken and just about how therapeutic it can be. Like building like a Gundam kit, whether it's a mini, 
Well, it's a mini plot, which are like little mechas for like Super Sentai or the SDW heroes. Uh, whether it's Sotos, which are the little figures for Kamen Rider, which are on those shelves for those of you who are watching. Or if you've seen my social media posts, Yudos are the Sentai ones. Or that's not like something about just sitting down, you know, put some headphones on, put some music, zone out, get your spotlight on. Because I have like a little light holder thing and just, you know, put those pieces together. Maybe maybe if you, you, you get in depth with it and you got, you know, your, your, your markers. So you're doing like the hard lines on them and this and that. There's just something just calming about it which is why i built so many like which is why like you know i would forego you know hey there's tons of negative things you could do to uh relieve stress there's a lot of negative vices out there for me i'd rather just make a gundam kit you know like i was tired frustrated with work and being in charge and having to deal with you know just crap employees sometimes and you know i was like hey let me make this no nobunaga gundam epion freaking sdw hero and uh, after work and i was like okay i feel better like you know just kind of clear your mind and make some models um but yeah that's that's that um so yeah a lot of a lot of that merch stuff but also a cool year for like weird obscure stuff so the digimon Go vital bracelet came out. Um, I've talked about it. It's basically a Fitbit with you get different little dim cards that you insert in the side of it for different evolution chains. And when you walk and your vitals and this and that, you give it power and this and that. And after X amount of time, it digivolves. Uh, and then towards the end of 2021, we had the release of the Common Rider one and the Ultraman one, which I have both on the way. Shipping got delayed. Because everything going on with the holidays and international stuff. So, but from what I've heard, Ultraman and the Common Rider one aren't as, um, don't have the same value as Digimon. Because Digimon, the Digimon Vital Basic goes hand in hand with the anime Ghost Game, which just started. Which is really good. If you haven't checked it out, that is one of my favorite animes of the year that have started. Um. Also, the fact that I'm on, I have a, such a backlog of anime. I don't know what other anime started this year, so I can't tell you which um, other animes came out this year because I don't, I don't, I don't follow current anime because I'm always so far behind. And if you go on my Funimation Now app, like, and you look at like my whole entire list, you'll be like, "Wow, you really haven't um, been keeping up on anything." It's like, no, I actually just started Naruto for the first time like a couple months ago. And I still only made it like six episodes in. Like, I'm horrible at keeping up with TV shows and anime. But the Digimon Vital Bracelet was a cool little piece of tech. I was like, oh, this is neat. I like this. This is this is different. Like, And right now I'm not wearing it because I just am not. I offloaded my Digimon to the app on my phone. And I'm charging it right now because I just need to charge it. And I didn't want to let it die. Because if the battery dies, I believe your Digimon dies. But I don't know. And I dropped my allergy medicine. Um, but I don't want to, you know, risk to find out if the Digimon dies. So, that's that's it for cool little collectibles. Also, nanoblocks. I, didn't even, I can't even, no, I can't go without talking about nanoblocks. Nanoblocks. Oh, my God, this company. 
these these they're mini Legos. Like if you go to my YouTube channel, you'll see I have a bunch of nano block videos up. Um, this if you're watching on video, this big display case right here is all nano blocks right above my Ultraman shelf. Um, man, nano blocks are so much fun. That's another thing that's been like for the price point and what you get, what they look like. They're so nice, and I'm looking forward to all the North American releases from Nano Block in 2022. They're one of the companies you really want to look out for. Uh, for more information, obviously follow. Just look up Nano Block USA US on Twitter or um, Bluefin Brands is going to be officially, I believe, their distributor here in the states. So always just keep up with Bluefin Brands or Bandai, like Bluefin. And Team Rider USA were probably the my favorite, besides like Bandai, you know, stuff like that. Um, but they were ugh, my favorite. They're my favorite of the year. Between the Kamen Rider weeks they did with all the panels, uh, I'm gonna say right now, if they do this in 2022 with the Kamen Rider week and the panels, I demand me and Kaiju Carl get a Kamen Rider Blade panel where we just talk like. We need to acknowledge that show, okay? We need more love for it. I mean, honestly, for those of you who are into the toku scene on social media, um, there's a poll that was put out. And Blade Beat Game, by the way, or Gaim. I don't know why I said game. That's because I'm staring at a video game. Gaim. Blade Beat Gaim in a poll. That happened. Obviously, that means Blade should be talked about more. Just saying. But there's a lot of cool releases. Like for 2022, for example, uh, thanks to, uh, I don't have it up on my, I think it's a, I think it's Shell Factory and Team Rider USA and this that. We're actually getting, for the first time in a long time, a full-fledged Blu-ray Western release of a Kamen Rider season. We're getting 0-1 later on in January on Blu-ray. It's like, I think it's like an eight-disc set. It's kind of all the specials, the, the relax time, everything. And I'm like... This is how it starts. And a lot of people are like, I don't, I've already seen the show. I don't want it. You know, it's like, you don't want a physical copy of this on Blu-ray. Uh, for me, I've seen the show. I've seen all the specials, like the president special and relax time. For me, I'm buying it. I have it pre-ordered from their website. I also have an extra one pre-ordered on Amazon as a gift for someone. Um, it's one of those things where it's like, I am buying this because I want more. And I want to show them. And by them, I mean Toei that there is a market in the west for this stuff release it it's like kind of the whole like you know if you build it they will come type of situation well build up a library common on blu-ray and the money will come because if the subaraya mill creek ultraman situation didn't prove anything it proved that there is a market for this stuff okay so yeah it's gonna happen so that was just a little fine note because of the whole nano blocks and Pokemon and then, you know, Bluefin brands. Now on to games. Games, games, games. Oh, I finished my backlog like crazy. So I'm trying to remember what games that actually came out in 2021. So like, I'm not even going to try. All I know is the main one that got the most time out of me was Pokemon Unite. Big shocker. I... I haven't played MOBAs in so long. I played Arena of Valor for a bit on the Switch when it first was added on the Switch, but then they kind of stopped supporting it. And I, other than that, the last time I haven't played MOBAs since it's been a while. I used to play League of Legends a lot, like an unhealthy amount of League of Legends. 
and um you know it was it was fun it was fun but something about pokemon unite because it's so much it's more pick up and play more friendly it's pokemon different demographic than league of legends and so it was probably my most played um outside of you know things like octopath traveler which you know i mean i, I had a backlog of games i chipped away at so much of my backlog like i've I, and then I went back and replayed games I already beat, like Fire Emblem Three Houses. I've already beat it with all three houses, but I went back and played it again. Then there was things like Xenoblade Chronicles 2, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. I played a lot of Switch, honestly. Um, and thanks to Game Pass, I played a lot of Xbox 2. I went through like almost all the Yakuza games again because they were on Game Pass. And then from a 2021 standpoint, my favorite game that I played on Xbox, and honestly probably one of my favorite games of the year was Guardians of the Galaxy, and that caught me off guard, um, I didn't, when it first came out, I was like, all right, this looks cool, I mean, I'm, I'm a Guardians fan from the OG comics, I don't mind, you know, the current run that they started doing in like, around like 2015, 2016, they had an interesting run in 2017, when they, I think they were doing the Apocalypse run, um, I did enjoy Drax as a solo, uh, comic, it was very entertaining, I've, I think Drax has grown on me as a character, from a, not from a movie standpoint, because a movie standpoint, Dave Bautista kills it, but from a comic standpoint, Drax is, there's a lot of depth to that character, and so I got the Guardians of the Galaxy as a Christmas present, and I just finished it yesterday, um, I'm going to do a new game plus, but easily a top contender for my game of the year. The only thing that's holding it back are two games that were added to Game Pass that came out that I am in love with. Obviously, Forza Horizon 5. That game looks amazing, and I'm sad because I have not put as much time into it as I should, but I will be doing that when I have free time. And then Halo Infinite. Halo Infinite. I could do a whole episode about my love of Halo. Halo came out in a time when... I was injured and late, like couldn't work, couldn't do anything. Picked up an OG Xbox in Halo One. Played through the story. I was like, "Oh, so good." Had friends came over, played some split screen, and then Halo Two came out. And then they were like, "Hey, there's online." I was like, "Oh, online." And then at the time, some of my coworkers were playing it. And then it'd be like after work, be like, all right, I'm gonna get home. We're gonna jump online. We're gonna play Halo 2. I've made a lot of friends playing Halo 2 online that I'm still friends with today. So all these years later, um, I've done tournaments. Um, I've won tournaments. I've lost tournaments. I've done 2v2 tournaments. I've done 4v4 tournaments. I've done a lot of free for all. And Halo 2 kind of was like, got me back into gaming, got me not only just back into gaming, into like competitive scene, because then by the time we got to Halo 3, all right, Halo 3 competitive scene, then I was like, well, let me, let me, I was diving in on DOA 3 and 4 competitive scene, like, I was just like, you know what, I got into the gears, like, I just, it fed this competitive, like, edge to me, because I was an athlete growing up. Uh, after, you know, ACL, injury, meniscus, surgery, this nap, athletics taken from me. But I can still compete in video games. So that kind of, like, quarreled that, like, inner competitive beast in me. 
and since then it's like Halo is one of the franchises I was I will always hold in high regards personally. It's a major part of my life. So I love Halo. And Halo Infinite dropped on Game Pass. The like Game Pass is killing it. Like the last two years like Game Pass, especially Game Pass Ultimate now with PC. Game Pass and like Xbox and Microsoft in general are so more for the consumers, more for the fans, more for the gamers than I think any other gaming company right now. Like the fact that we're getting all these day one games on there, like Forza Horizon Five, that was on there. Gears of War Five last year was on there. Halo Infinite on there day one, and I'm just like, really? Like this is insane. And Halo Infinite looks, it looks so good. Well, like I'm, I'm enjoying every second playing that game. It's. It reminded me, like, wow, this is Halo. Like, this is good. Because I, due to work and constraints and this and that, I didn't play any Halos for a long time. And then the Master Chief Collection came out. And I was like, well, let me go back. Let me go back and play 4. Let me go back and play Guardians. Let me play Halo Wars, which wasn't on the thing. It was on, you know, Game Pass anyways. Then I was like, oh, my favorite, ODST. ODST is still my favorite. But Infinite easily could probably be tied for number one with Guardians of the Galaxy for my favorite game of 2021 that came out. Um, obviously, I don't know a lot of the games that came out because my backlog is so huge. Because, I mean, obviously, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, those are cool uh, little remakes. I've been enjoying those. I finished Diamond a, like a week or so ago because in the towards the end of January, we have that Legends Arceus coming out, which I'm more than hyped for. But, yeah, that's... I mean, I played so many games, but so many were backlog. Like, I still put in, like, a couple hundred hours in Stardew Valley, uh, playing things like Rune Factory 4, a lot of those type of games where it's, like, simulations, you know, run a farm, do a little dungeon crawling. I mean, Hades I still put a lot more time into. Um, but, yeah, games... Because once I started working again, I didn't really have time to, like, play as many games as I did in 2020 because obviously I wasn't home all day and able to put 60 plus hours into Fire Emblem in one week. Um, that was still, that was a very tiring week, but worth it. But yeah, that's that's it for games. Um, TV shows, I didn't really watch a lot of new TV shows. Like I watched Hawkeye. Like this year was really big for like all the Disney Plus shows. And I don't know. I just finished Hawkeye. I mean, we had WandaVision. Or was that last year? I don't even know. Like, it's, it's tough to figure out which year was what. Like, I know we had Falcon Winter Soldier and this and that. And I was like, I don't know. I'm slowly getting out of my comic book fatigue. I think Spider-Man No Way Home kind of, like, re-energized my want to, to like, in, like consume comic book-related films and TV shows. Because I was so burnt out after 22 films from Marvel. And then lackluster films from DC. Um, Snyder Cut aside because Snyder Cut was really good long slow at times but still a cohesive story that I enjoyed a lot um but going through and like I was just like do I really want to sit through all these Marvel like, I guess still didn't finish Loki like I was like mm. and then Hawkeye just finished but even then I wasn't watching week to week I don't have the capacity and the attention span to watch a show week to week I have to binge watch them like as of, uh, you know, recording this, we already finished Cobra Kai season four. We watched that all in one day. Like I was like, it's on, let's go grocery shopping. Let's get anything out of the way. Now let's sit down, watch 10 episodes of karate. And we did. But 
outside of that, like, you know, the Snyder Cut, there's a, there's a lot, like, I watched a lot of obscure stuff. And I watched a lot of stuff on Shudder. Shudder has been, like, my go-to streaming platform for the past, like, two years. I love Shudder so much. Like, between Creepshow, all the documentaries on there. Like, there's a lot of stuff from Eli Roth, who I just enjoy immensely. And then, so a lot of obscure horror films and that. But one of my favorite that was kind of like, nah, it was a kind of comedy to it. I really liked Werewolves Within. I think that's what it was called. Yeah, that was really good. Um, I would go rent. If you go check it out on Prime, go rent it. It's really good. That was easily one of my more enjoyable films of the year I watched. Outside of things like, you know, Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi, which I know I get... I could understand some of the negativity towards Shang-Chi. Um, but as a fan of the comic, and it, the comic was campy. The comic was not, gr- like, technically groundbreaking, okay? It wasn't. It wasn't supposed to be this, like, grandiose thing. If you go back and you read the old comics, like, we know why that comic was made, and I'm not going to say why. When you go back and you read it, you can tell. So, for me, I was just excited. Like, I felt like it was an Ant-Man situation. Like, okay. When Ant-Man was coming out, we knew, I was like, okay, like, Scott Lang. I'm like, really? You're going to go Scott Lang? No Hank Pym? Why can't we have Hank Pym? Like, why Scott Why Scott Lang? You know? And then they had older Hank Pym with Scott Lang taking over the mantle. And I was like, okay, I can tell why now. Like, you know, if you... Marvel kind of screwed the pooch with not using Ant-Man a lot sooner. I think Ultron could have been a really good two-part film if they had Hank Pym a part of it. Um, it would have one been true to the comics and two could have made it a little more sense because why would you know tony stark who's all this tech really have bruce banner whose specialty was gamma radiation and stuff like that help create an ai you know that's that i mean i know scientists is brilliant in this nap but that's 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 besides the point it would have made more sense with pen um so i think they were trying to do like because it's been pleasantly surprising like Ant-Man and Guardians, those were kind of C to D tier characters. And Ant-Man D tier from a Scott Lang standpoint. Okay, Hank Pym is OG Avengers. I think I'd put him in like B tier for Hank Pym as Ant-Man. So Scott Lang, I, but they 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 caught lightning in a bottle with those, with those two franchises because those films really worked out for them. Pleasantly surprising, kind of like an Iron Man 1 situation where they're like, okay, we're, we'll let you make Iron Man 1. And then pleasantly surprised, it made all this money, kickstarted the MCU. Then Ant-Man and Guardians come out and they're like, mm, I guess we'll just put these out there, obscure it, and then next thing you know, boom, boom, they're good. They made money. They were well-received. So I think Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi was the same situation where it's like, okay, we who else can we go and grab from the vault of characters and bring over and throw in the MCU? And... I enjoyed that film a lot. I've watched it. I watched it three times now. Not in a row, but like in general. Um, I. So I can see why some people are eh on it. I don't get the unwarranted hate that everyone keeps like really talking shit about it, which makes no sense. But at the same time, my opinion of those types of comic book fans who make YouTube content, and you know who they are, they all have the same thumbnails. Like, yeah, those ones. I. Um, I just think at the end of the day, I've been able to shut off my brain, my comic book knowledge, my comic book thoughts, and I've been able to just watch these movies from a 
Hollywood entertainment standpoint. Now, I will say this. Shang-Chi had its moments where I was like, mm. But things like the Eternals, oof. Mm, no. And, you know, Spider-Man No Way Home, great. Uh, Black Widow, missed opportunity. It came out way too late. This movie should have been out six, maybe seven years ago. Maybe, I mean, I'm at the most like four or five. I would have, like, it's, I would have rather this came out in the time slot that Captain Marvel had and maybe pushed Captain Marvel sooner, like the previous year. Um, because, like, but the, the timing of this one and then, like, all the years of, like, it being pushed back and this and that, it just, it was muddled. It was a mess. Had some great, like, some good moments, but no. It wasn't, it didn't blow me away. And it's not what I wanted from a Black Widow film. I think uh, it's basically they wanted to try to tie up any loose ends before Infinity War. And me, or Endgame even. Like, it just, it didn't work. And it was really trying to push the narrative for post-Endgame with the new Black Widow. And I was like, ah, oh, that's not, that wasn't needed. Well, that's it for movies, honestly. Um, but there's a lot to look forward to. In tw- oh, yeah, by the way, No Way Home, my favorite movie of the year. Just saying. Spider-Man No Way Home was so good. And as someone who has who was, you know, a teenager watching Sam Raimi's first Spider-Man. as a, No, not even this. Going back to my youth when my first comic book I ever bought with my allowance was an amazing Spider-Man. And then getting into Spectacular Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2099. Like, I wanted all the Spider-Man. I was such a huge Spider-Man fan growing up as a kid. And still to this day, I love Spider-Man. Like, nothing has ruined that. So, I remember seeing Sam Raimi's first Spider-Man in theaters. I remember seeing Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 3, me and my friends, just going to see Spider-Man. And even The Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2, say what you will about 2, it had its issues. But I still think Andrew Garfield was phenomenal as a casting choice just suffered from bad scripting bad script writing and some editing issues but i think so and i didn't really i will say this right now i didn't really care for the tom holland spider-man um and after watching this i'm actually like okay if this is going where we're going this is gonna be good finally this is gonna be a spider-man film because until now with No Way Home, like Far From Home and Homecoming felt like Spider-Man and Friends or Marvel Presents Iron Man featuring Spider-Man. Like it just didn't it didn't feel like a Peter Parker story. It didn't feel like Spider-Man. Then we got No Way Home and I was like, <sighs> the reactions in the theater to this day out of any movie I've ever seen, the only other time I've seen reaction like this was... Um, Endgame, and oh, I'm trying to think. There's one other movie. No, Endgame. Honestly, that was it. Um, and uh, Civil War, because when I remember the crowd going a little hype when uh, Captain America's shield when the web hit it and pulled it away, and you know when Spider was like under ruse and this and that. I was like, yeah. So yeah, but Spider-Man No Way Home was my. Favorite movie I've seen in the year. I'm not even going to talk about it much because I did a basically well, an hour and 40 minute conversation with Chris about it. If you haven't checked that out, go check that out. It's actually a lot of entertaining. 
I will be uh, releasing some of the stuff that made the cutting room floor because I was able to actually like make a second podcast out of some of the rants and tangents we went going on other about other comic book movies and other studios. And it just didn't, it felt out of place. So I cut that out of there, made it just about Spider-Man No Way Home. So go check that out. Uh, but that's it for movies, man. Like to, to close out everything. I want to thank everyone who's been subscribing to the YouTube channel, watching the, all my videos, all of you who are following, whether it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, all of you who have been like just listening to the episodes, you know, the retweets on social media, the emails and feedback. Like, I just want to thank everyone who's made 2021 uh, for me and my content creating bigger than the previous year. Um, the growth is there. And not just from like an analytics standpoint, just from me as a content creator. Like, you know, if you, 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 I'm in my free time, I'm researching how to edit better. I'm researching how to do better thumbnails. I'm researching better audio editing, better the, like everything. Cause I don't want to rest on my laws. I don't want to just be, you know, dialing it in autopilot. I don't want to be like that. So when I get feedback and this and that, and I see that people are enjoying it, it's like, okay, I owe it to you who are spending your time, your free time to watch this stuff. Whether it's 15 minutes, an hour, half hour, it doesn't matter how long, you're spending your time in watching my or listening to my content that I create. So I owe it to you to do better, to offer better quality, to not just be lazy. So I'm constantly looking and researching things, constantly. And I'm looking forward to some new things I'm going to be doing in 2022. I do, like I said, I'm going to be doing another episode later on, probably a week from now, whenever this goes live, just going over the 2022 roadmap content, all that good stuff, because there's a lot I'm working on. And yeah, I'm just I'm trying to see if I missed anything. I don't, I don't know, 2020, like, it's insane. So I, I just thank you guys for just being there supporting me just know that more better quality everything is coming soon um february is going to be a rough month because lisa's coming up looking for a new place so between looking for a new place packing up getting ready to move i'm just giving you a warning right now february is going to be a very unorthodox month for my content um but yeah i got a lot of stuff working on i think guys for listening or watching episode 99 of a Nerd Name Mark podcast. I fucked that up big time. Honestly, I ran out of coffee. My mouth's getting kind of dry. <laughs> Been talking a little bit, you know. Uh, actually, there's a little splash in there. Let me, let me. Okay, there we go. We're good. <clears throat> We're good. Thank you for watching episode, or listening to episode 99 of a Nerd Name Mark podcast. Uh, you can follow, follow stuff. You know, like, it's been 99 episodes. You know where to find all the content. Just type in a Nerd Name Mark podcast into Google. Everything will pop up. Go to anchor.fm and type in a Nerd Name Mark podcast. You'll find the podcast main hub page there. At the bottom, you'll have all these links. So you can pick your listening platform choice if you are here on YouTube. There's a little red subscribe button right over here. You hit that. There's a little notification bell. Boom. Ding. Hit that. You'll be notified when I put up more videos because mm, you don't want to miss all the content. There's a lot going on. I've got some comp like mm, I'm finally like at the point with my editing and time management where there's going to be a shit ton of content. 
and I'm excited to share it with all of you. With that being said, I thank you guys for listening to episode 99 of a Nerd Named Mark podcast once again. My name is Mark, and I'm a nerd. <laughs>